Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. Well, we're going to start with this reading from John chapter 14, starting at verse 15. It says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. uh, Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. This is the word of the Lord. So our opening question for this morning, we do these opening questions uh, where you get a chance to respond, and Pastor Chris, today's online pastor, will let us know your answers. The opening question is this, what's uh, thinking, just like not maybe your whole life, but in the, like the past year or so, in the past year or so, what's the best gift you have received? What's the best gift you have received in the, the, the uh, present or something like that that someone has given you? Uh, in the past year, and I'm going to say this, I should have said this at 8 o'clock, uh, Johnson, uh, but I'm going to give this caveat here, it can't be your kid, okay? It's got to be something else, we're going strictly for material gain here, okay? So, best present you have received in uh, the last year, you can, if you're uh, worshiping along with us at home, you can jump on the live chat, uh, or you can text your answer, to 407-842-8884. That's 407-842-8884. So while we are waiting for those answers to come in, let's talk about what we're going to talk about today. We, uh, this is the third week of, uh, of E3, and we spent the first two weeks talking about encounter, how we encounter the faith and what we believe and what that means, and how we encounter the church and what type of church we want to be uh, for ourselves and in the world, in the community. And today we are moving on to the next segment, which is engage. See, the idea is this, that as uh, we go through our life as a Christians, yeah, we always start kind of in that same place. We always start with that first time we encounter the faith. We always start with that first time we encounter the church. And as we go through that, even uh, through that, that's more than just one time, right? That's usually kind of a season in our life as a Christian. And during that time, we are basically just taking it all in, you know? We're just experiencing it. We're just kind of receiving everything. We're a little more passive, kind of just spectators, kind of just watching everything that's going on, uh, consumers even a little bit. You know, what kind of, we're asking questions like, who are these people? What is this church? What does this mean for me? What can they do for me? We're kind of consuming all of that. But when we look at what the life of a disciple, a true follower of Jesus, is supposed to look like in Scripture, we see that that is not where Jesus, that is not where God wants us to stay. 
He doesn't want us to stay in that role of just being passive consumers of the faith and the church. He wants us to begin to actively participate. He wants us to, as we say here, engage with our faith, engage with God, and engage with the world around us, the community around us, as the people of God. God wants us to grow beyond just being a mere spectator and begin to take part. But that is not something that we do on our own. We kind of have this tendency sometimes as Christians, you know, we, we, we put a big focus on uh, salvation, first of all, and then we talk about how we are saved by faith through grace, that God does everything necessary for our salvation, that we contribute nothing, we earn nothing, we deserve nothing, but God gives it to us as a free gift. And we're always like, yeah, that is great, amen, saved by faith, thank God, God saved me. But then sometimes we then think that, but okay, now that all that has happened, from now on everything's up to you, right? Now that you've been saved, now it's your turn to do everything that needs to be done. But that's actually not true. A lot of what happens, a lot of what it means to engage and be a true follower of Jesus has to do with an inner change that we're going to talk about in a few minutes, how God changes our hearts. That is not something we can accomplish ourselves any more than we can accomplish our own salvation. And God doesn't expect us to. God gives us something to enable and to empower us to live as his people, and that gift is the Holy Spirit. But before uh, we start talking about that gift, Pastor Chris, what are some other gifts people have received that they're really excited about? Well, young Cole Bieber said his favorite gift is Mickey Mouse oh. going to his house. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah, so that's a that's, big that's deal. Good. Chris Kuchar said that his best present was a kidney stone. I think he's joking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, sarcasm? Do we yeah, need a... Sarcasm, yeah. yes. Levi said his uh, best gift was his dog Simba. Cal Schultz, a new Dell uh, laptop. I like this. The Evers family said the COVID vaccine. Um, <laughs> the COVID then, vaccine. Uh, we've had a lot of people say the best gift that they've had is time with close friends and family. Kind of breaking your materialistic rule there, but that's okay. Yeah, you know. Um, also, uh, here's one, an interesting one. WeatherTech car mats for my Jeep. But there's time to top that. By the way, only two days until my birthday signed your wife. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. there we go. A little hint. Uh-huh. Hint, yeah. hint, Pastor Matt. Yeah. See, this is a problem. You set the bar too high, buddy. Yeah, so I was going to say, spoiler alert, I'm not topping the mats, right? No, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> For counseling later today. Yeah, that's so. good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we receive lots of amazing gifts in our life. Of course, I was being silly about our kids. You know, uh, relationships actually are a big part of the gifts and things we receive in life. And the Holy Spirit and the relationship that we have with God through the Holy Spirit is also one of those gifts. So we just kind of read this, but real quick, just to recap two of the verses. From John 14, Jesus tells us, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Have you guys ever heard that old expression? Usually you hear it mostly from like fitness people or, or health people or whatever. Will be like, 
my body is a temple, you know? Like, I only put pure things in my body because it's a temple. Uh, that's my bro voice, by the way, if you guys have never heard it before. Uh, where we actually get that from is here. Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus tells us, the Holy Spirit is going to dwell in us. God's Spirit dwells in us. The same way God himself promised to dwell in the temple in the, in the Old Testament. And so our bodies actually become little temples that, because God dwells in us. His Spirit dwells in us. And it is that Spirit that not only enables us to believe and have faith in the first place, to receive salvation in the first place, but that Spirit is what also allows us to continue to live and grow as God's people. To, as we are using the word today, engage with God and the faith and the church and the world around us. And the Holy Spirit does this in a couple of different ways. The Holy Spirit works within us to do two things. First, it provides fruit, spiritual fruit. This is from Galatians 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The Holy Spirit works in us to produce fruit the same way a, a fruit tree produces fruit, right? It comes from within us. It comes from the Spirit that dwells in us, and it grows. And so it lists these different things. And these are things that we as Christians that hold the Holy Spirit within us will all have to, you know, certain measure, right? And we might have it to different measures. Uh, you know, someone might be uh, kind but struggle with patience. Another person might be very patient but struggle with gentleness. But we all have them to some measure, and like a tree bearing fruit, we should all be growing in these things as we continue on a life as a Christian. You may not be always a very patient person, but you should be growing in patience. Uh, you may not always be uh, a really peaceful person, but you should be growing in peace. Not because you are doing this, but because the Holy Spirit is within you producing this fruit. So we have the Holy Spirit within us producing spiritual fruit, but that's not all it does. Or I should say he. The Holy Spirit also produces spiritual gifts that we have to use in his service. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 7, says this. The Apostle Paul is teaching about these spiritual gifts. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills. 
We will all grow the fruits of the Spirit, but we don't all have the same gifting. We don't all have the same spiritual gifts because as it says here, the Spirit gives to each one individually and as he pleases. So we have different gifts. But even though we may have different gifts, different talents, different skills and abilities that God has given us, we are given them for the same reason. God gives us the fruits and gifts of the Spirit so that we can serve one another and so that we can share the gospel. Here's what it says in uh, 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. So we are to use these gifts to serve one another. And then in Acts 1.8 it says, uh, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We are given the power of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, the spiritual gifts, in order to serve one another and to be his witnesses, to share the gospel, not just here, but ultimately everywhere. All right, I have a second question for you. What is something that you sometimes have to do that makes you nervous or anxious? What's something that you sometimes have to do in life, but it always makes you nervous and anxious when you have to do it? Again, you can jump on the live chat or text it to 407-842-8884. All right, so while we're waiting for that, people to tell us what makes them nervous, uh, we're going to ask this question. If this is what God wants from us, if uh, God wants us to move beyond being merely uh, spectators and consumers, if God gives us the Holy Spirit to empower us to serve one another and to share his gospel in the world, what happens when we don't do those things? What happens when we don't engage with our faith? What happens when we don't move beyond being mere spectators and consumers? Well, first, I think we have to acknowledge that that in of itself is not always an easy thing. That it does take a leap to make that move. That it does take uh, uh, effort to grow in your faith. Um, even as the Spirit works in us, there are things that make it difficult for us to grow and engage and participate. First of all, we live in a world that is constantly pulling at us that is constantly begging for our attention, that is keeping us busy, that is keeping our focus in other places. And so a lot of times when we're thinking about, oh, how can I get involved? What can I do? Like, how can I engage more? We find ourselves thinking, but who has the time? I mean, I've got this to do, and I've got that thing to do, and I'm under pressure over here, and all of this, and all of that stuff can draw our focus away from what God wants for us. And sometimes, and this is why I asked the question I just did, sometimes we're held back by our own fears, our, our own insecurities, our own anxieties, our own nervousness. Sometimes when we think about how we could get involved or how we could participate or what we could do, 
We're held back by our own fears. Is that the right thing? Will I be accepted? Do they want me? Am I any good at this? All of those things, all of those fears and anxieties can keep us from engaging more with and the church. And then let's also admit something else. Sometimes we Christians are our own worst enemies. And sometimes we do a better job of turning people away than the world even does. Because we're not perfect. Because we are sinners. Because sometimes we don't treat people the way we want to be treated. Because sometimes we are mean and vindictive and spiteful. Because we do fail. And sometimes as we consider uh, engaging more with the church, we start to notice some of that. And it can cause us to question, is that who we really want to be associated with? Is that really what I want to be a part of? And then finally, sometimes we just simply don't know how. We don't know how to engage. We were talking about this during the, the education hour. That, you know, so many churches have needs. Like, I'm always talking, like, we're always short on ushers. We need ushers. So if you want to be an usher, <laughs> if you want to be a greeter. But that's just the thing, though, isn't it? Sometimes we think about engaging with the church, and we go, oh, what do they, oh, they need ushers. And then we go, but you know what? I would be a terrible usher, and I would probably hate it. And we simply don't know. So what is there for me? How do I know? How can I find a place to fit in? How can I find a way to get involved? All these things can stop us from growing beyond just mere spectators and consumers. Pastor Chris, did we have any answers? What, what makes people nervous out there? Yeah, we, we have some good ones. Uh, number one uh, answer is probably speaking to a group of people. Mm. Um, and number two, con any kind of confrontation that people have. Uh, one person said, uh, making uh, returning a phone call. I know that sounds yeah. silly, but returning a Actually, phone I'm call. Actually, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah? So if you ever call me and I text you back, now you know why. <laughs> of his fear there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a couple more. Levi said braces at the orthodontist. I, I get that. Um, and then making a career change, giving someone directions gives somebody a lot of anxiety. And there's one from the sound booth I have a follow-up question on. Christian, hey, stand up. I know you're back there. You said, Christian, you said working with new animals at the zoo? What do they make you feed the lion or something? What's going on back there? So you work at the Sanford Zoo? I do, yeah. That's yeah, awesome. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, Thanks, right Christian. Up. All right, that's it. Yeah. All right. So whatever it is, whatever nervousness or anxiety or whether it's one of these other things that we listed, whatever it is that keeps us from engaging, when we don't, when we just are content to stay spectators and consumers, something happens. First of all, we very often end up wasting the gifts that God has given us. We already talked about how God gives us those spiritual gifts in order to be used, in order to serve one another and to share the gospel around the world. And when we don't engage, when we don't participate, we end up wasting those gifts. And we also end up stifling the growth of our own spiritual fruit. We, um, my wife uh, was helping out in the office over the summer, 
And one of the things that she did was she helped me uh, completely redecorate my office. She did an amazing job. Uh, it's, it's very cool. It's actually a place I like to be now. And so if you want to stop by and see it, stop by sometime. But one of the things she did was she put a live plant in there. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Because every other live plant I've had in my office, I killed. Uh, and I killed it mostly because I would consistently and regularly forget to water it. And hey, I'm, I'm no expert when it comes to gardening, but when you don't water plants, they die. Uh, and so that's what would happen over and over again. And that's what happens to us too. When we aren't spiritually watered and fed, our spiritual fruits end up dying on the vine. And that's not something that we want to happen. So how do we do it? How do we grow our fruit? You know, Jesus uh, uses uh, the metaphor of a tree bearing fruit quite a lot in his ministry. In fact, at one point he talked about how uh, a bad tree bears bad fruit and a good tree bears good fruit. Sometimes when we want to bear fruit, when we want to be more fruitful, we think that the way to go about it is by trying to pick off all the bad fruit. You're not very kind and generous, and so we try to pick off selfishness. Right? We're, we're not very gentle, and so we try to pick off anger and violence. But let me tell you something, if you have a bad tree, an unhealthy tree, and it's not bearing good fruit, you can pick off all the bad fruit, and it's not going to make it a good tree. There's only one way to take a bad, unhealthy tree and make it a good, healthy tree, and that's to care for it. It's to feed it, it's to water it, it's to fertilize it. And see, Jesus knew this too. He told this parable in Luke chapter 13. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Look, for three years now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Sit, uh, or sir, uh, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and put manure and then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Jesus is the vine dresser who wants to feed us, who wants to fertilize us, who wants to water us, and he does. Jesus gives us spiritual food and drink to make us healthy trees that bear good fruit. He gives us his word that we're talking about right now and that we read in Scripture and that in, on Sundays and we can read in Scripture on our own at any time. He gives us the sacraments, baptism, and the Lord's Supper, which is literally spiritual food and drink. It's food and drink that does spiritual things. He gives it to us. He gives us the power of prayer. He gives us fellowship and community in the kingdom to strengthen us. God engages with us 
to give us those things. And when we receive them with gladness, it empowers us to engage back with him. When we are fed and watered, it empowers us to engage with one another and the world around us so that we can experience the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, not just for ourselves, but to use as he has called us to do. So if that is something that you want to do, then make sure you are getting fed and watered. In his name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.